Nachos, where are you? I'm so tired of being by myself right now. I swear to God, I'm gonna fucking start the solo midnight society. This shit's pissing me off. Wait a minute, is that a zombie? Oh shit! Here comes the spooky! What's going on, chuds and chudettes? Here comes the Spookies back. It was episode 20. Today we're going to talk about Scooby's Doo on a zombie island. We're also going to go down our list of favorite Scooby-Doo villains of all time. So sit back, relax, tie your buddy to a chair, and make him listen to your second favorite podcast in quarantine. All right, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the Here Comes a Spooky podcast. I am your host, Cincinnati Jeff, and with me always is my very good friend, my co-host, my partner in quarantine, Mr. Nachos McWerewolf. Nachos, how you doing, buddy? How long is this fucking quarantine going to last? Uh, I don't know, man. The state of Missouri has it uh, currently is indefinitely, but I think that's just so they don't make any more promises. I heard something about I heard something about May 1st, but uh, we'll see how that goes. People are being pretty dumb about this. Yeah, that's uh, that's no shit. Before we get started, I guess that's a good segue. I wanted to mention this. Uh, the Here Comes the Spooky podcast in no way, shape, or form ever wants to get political with you guys. We don't care if you fall on the red side or the blue side or the Republican, Democrat. We really don't give a rat's ass what side of the line you're on. All Whoa, we want you to about understand the Green Party? is that, uh, is that uh, right now, the world is just in turmoil while they're dealing with this pandemic, and the best thing we can all do right now is just to stay home. Minimize going out. Just do your best to stay away from everybody as much as you possibly can. There's no reason to party right now. You can hang out on Skype, which is what we do. We have video chats, video drinking parties. We do the podcast on Skype right now until we can get everybody back here in the studio. And even though I know where Nachos has been and Nachos knows where I have been, uh, there's just basically a third degree of never knowing where that other person that you've run into contact with, maybe going to the store, the gas station, the mailman, whatever the case may be, uh, that could potentially expose you to this virus. So, you know, I know we're on board the uh, Spook House podcast says the same thing. Um, Destroy the Brain, the Horror Horror podcast. They're all we're all kind of in agreement here. We see each other posting stuff on social media. Do your best. Just stay home right now. Well and spoken, man. We're all going to get through this, right? Let's praise, uh, you know, the good people that are still working, right, at the WalMarts and the supermarkets, the gas stations, and of course all the healthcare providers there at the hospitals and things like that. So, just wanted to say, man, right now let's just stay at home. Oh. And, and yeah, um, so um, we're going to get started here. Uh, today's episode is very, very special. It is my birthday episode. It's also oh, shit. it's also our 20th episode and a 420 episode. So this all kind of lines up really nice together um, here on uh, here comes the spooky. Uh, the birthday boy and or girl gets to choose their movie to do for the podcast for the review. And it can be anything. It can be a horror movie if they want, or it could be something completely off the rails. I did a little bit of both here. Uh, Nachos and I were, like, cutting back and forth, like, what's a really good one to do? We've been doing a lot of Evil Dead stuff. We want to finish up that series. But what can we do in the meantime? Like, do I want to do another Evil Dead? Or, like, you know, can I just go off the rails? And so I was going to pick April Fool's Day, but we did that for April Fool's Day, so I didn't have to. And I was like, okay, how about Reanimator? That's a great one, right? Um, Dude. 
I thought about maybe Highlander uh, and things like that. And then like drunk one night at like two thirty in the morning, I was like, I got it. I know what we're doing. This is a fucking movie we talk about all the time. Scooby Doo <laughs> on motherfucking Zombie Island. And it's not a live action, just so everybody knows. This is the cartoon one that came out in '98, and this movie is just fantastic. I mean, it touches on everything that you love about Scooby Doo, as well as what you love about horror movies. And we're, I mean, we're going to get into it. I mean, I just I cannot be more excited about an episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, thank you, Nachos, for those words. <laughs> oh, no problem. Anytime, buddy. And uh, yo. Uh, so before we get started, got a couple of small talking points here, some news here in the horror community. Um, related to the movie here, the new animated Scooby-Doo movie titled Scoob uh, is skipping theaters and releasing digitally this May. So this was a movie that was, it's fully animated, it's computer animated, that was going to come out in, in uh, theaters across the nation. And what this is, is this is the origin of how Scooby and Shaggy meet, plus how they joined with Daphne, Freddie, and Velma to form Mystery Incorporated. Uh, it looked pretty funny in, in the previews. I saw the previews for it when I saw uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. So I was very excited for it. I was definitely going to take uh, my son to see that because I love Scooby-Doo. He likes him too. So, I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this. So this is actually something I'm definitely going to uh, pay the... Uh, rental fees from Amazon or wherever it releases digitally. It's usually like 15, 20 bucks, which I find kind of outlandish for a movie that I'm getting at home since I'm not supporting right. the theater with popcorn and soda, but okay. Dude, that's $20 is fucking steep. That's what you pay for like Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. Exactly. And that's kind of what I want. Like if I'm going to pay 20 or even 25 bucks, let me own it right away. Don't force me to just rent it for a three-day weekend. Or right, like you buy me. the digital copy, and then they send you the fucking Blu-ray or something. Something. I would even be okay with just buying the digital copy at that price. At least I know I own it somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I just don't understand the pricing point. That again, I'm not in that business, so I really don't have much to say about it, but it just seems really steep to me. Granted, movie tickets themselves are, you know, 12 15 bucks a pop, but you're, you're yeah, right. paying for the experience as well. Um, I'm kind of on the fence. I was on the fence about it because how many times do we need the origin of Scooby-Doo and Mr. Inc. and all that? But then I heard um, fucking Tracy Morgan was going to be Captain Caveman, and I'm just like, okay, I'm down. Sign me up. <laughs> right? You I know, mean, I, it sounds I pretty good. Love me some, I love me some Tracy Morgan. Um, the last, uh, the only other bit of news I've got is season one of Shudder's Creepshow, which was a yeah. television version of Creepshow. Uh, will air on AMC uh, each Monday night starting on May the 4th, so on Star Wars Day. So if you have uh, AMC or you pay for cable but you don't have Shudder, which you if you like horror movies, you should. It's five bucks a month, and it's nothing but horror it's, movies. It's the Netflix of horror movies. It's cheaper than a pack of cigarettes. And it's so good. You got Joe Bob Briggs <laughs> driving on there and, like, all that fun shit. Shudder is just full of fucking treasures. They are. They've been killing it lately. They've been doing their own uh, release movies. I saw one uh, that just came out called The Room. But not that The Room. Not that The Room. Not the, uh, oh, hi, Mark. Now, uh, like, already knowing there's a movie called The Room and probably ten other movies called The Room, wouldn't, wouldn't you go for something else? You I try mean, something different? The thing is, is like it's, a, it's about a room that they discover in this old farmhouse that they buy. It uh, turns out that the family was murdered inside the house, and they start to poke around in this room that they find all locked up and stuff like that, and they find that the room itself grants wishes, whatever wish you desire. Um, it could be anything. Uh, it could be... Okay, I have a better title already. Uh, 
magical murder barn. <laughs> Wishmaster. No. <laughs> the rural edition. Uh, but, like, the preview tells you that, like, anything that you take outside of the house is instantly destroyed. So if you wish for money and you try to, like, go give it to a friend, um, if they take it outside the house... The money just turns to ash and basically just dissipates. Uh, and these people also can't have kids, so they wish for a baby, and then horror ensues from there. Ooh, it's pretty trippy. I enjoyed it for sure. It's not, a, it's not a you know a slash and gore kind of thing, but it was pretty intense, like a fire at a circus. Did you ever see The Gate too? I did, long time ago. Okay, so same premise. They, the fucking dorky kid from the first movie. Um, gets wishes or something and then like he wishes for a bunch of money but at some point it turns to actual human excrement shit <laughs> is that directed by mick garris i think it is <laughs> starring mick garris written by <laughs> it's, it's like fubu but whatever the acronym is for mick garris isn't uh wasn't uh, uh deacon frost in the first gate yeah yeah he was little little stevie dorf yep not Our... dorf you know the fucking uh fake right uh, now little guy comedian not brad but yeah I gotcha. So, um, before we uh, kick off the episode, we wanted to run down a list of our uh, top five favorite Scooby-Doo villains of all time. Uh, We had a really hard time settling on five apiece. So, what we're going to do is we're going to each go through our five if it hasn't gone on for too long, because we can definitely be uh, long in the tooth for sure. Uh, We might go over a couple more, but uh, just to kick this uh, episode off, we definitely want to do that, so... Yeah, I fucked up. I thought you said ten because that's what I got. Well, I mean, I did. I we talked five, and then I called you. And I was like, "We well, should do ten. Five's really hard to choose, and it is because uh, there's so fucking many." But uh, I had a hard time limiting myself to fucking ten. I did too. I did too. I did this list two times, then called you today to be like, "Man, I'm still having a really hard time." Not because I'm having a hard time thinking of them; it's I'm having a hard time actually picking them. But I mean. This is this is like when we talk Resident Evil. We can fucking wax poetic about Scooby Doo all fucking night without by the way, repeating. I yourself. think at some point we probably should talk about the remake of Part Three. Um. So, uh, go ahead, birthday boy. You go first. Okay. Uh, well, I was gonna say before I did our uh, the I was gonna let you do your first one because I figure I'm pretty sure what your first one's gonna be. In no particular order, it's it's Captain Cutler. The Ghost of Captain Cutler. Well, that's what I was actually going to say. Our honorable mention was going to be the Ghost of Captain Cutler because you and I both love him so much that we were. Have you seen that fucking dude? dude? That, that dude's fucking fuck. Green, glow in the dark, fucking diver's helmet suit covered in fucking like moss and just general fucking seaweed. He just looks so badass, man. Just ominous, terrifying. You know, like when you see that shit as a kid, you're like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Was that episode two or three of the original Scooby Doo? Where are you? Oh, fuck. You tell me, man. That's pretty early on. Uh, so is that your first one? Um, yeah. All right, yeah, so we can do that. Go ahead. Give me uh, give me, uh, give me, me your next four. All right. So, all right. I actually got to cut my list down because I have ten. Well, just, right. do, just do four, and then, you know, that'll be your total five. Then I'll do five, and then we'll see where we're at. Okay. This one's a mouthful, and this is from, um, I want to say, like, whatever the current was. Like, I think it's What's New Scooby-Doo. It's the Kriegstaff gig bot. What oh. the fuck is that? Well, let me explain. It's a <laughs> Nazi zombie fucking robot. Jesus Christ. I mean, isn't that what's what was that? What were those games for PS3 like Outlook, Outlook, Out, Outlast? Am I just naming like Windows programs at this point? I think so. I think so. I'm not uh I can't remember. 
in his Xbox words. Um, anyway, Frankenstein's Army. There you go. That's what that shit was like. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, they made a whole movie. About, like, Stephen King had a whole book. They made a movie about it called Apt Pupil with uh, Ian McKellen. So That was fucking Stephen King? Hey, he, he did the book, and then they did the movie. Did you ever see that? No, I'd fuck. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's that's... got a dead ass Brad Renfro, right? Uh, is that Brad Renfro? Yeah, he's in. Uh, I think it's one of the guys that's in the Dead Poet Society. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But yeah, Ian McKellen's Man, there's like a, a... a Nazi criminal, and and the kid like discovers who he is and makes him teach him about Nazi stuff. It's pretty intense. Like the they opposite homeless people. Like the opposite of scary German dude from fucking Monster Squad. <laughs> right. All right. What's Damn your what's your, what's your number three, oh. there, buddy? All right, so this is kind of a cheat, but it's the Neapolitan Technicolor Phantoms. <laughs> so originally on my list, I have the Green Ghost because I fucking love the Green Ghost. He's like proto Ghostface from Scream, except he's green, green. So this this is a it is a brown, a pink, and a white version. You know, like Neapolitan, like strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla. Right. And they haunt the fucking uh, ice cream factory. Fucking so excellent. I mean, right, man? I is think that, later on there was an orange version. But is that one I, of the newer ones? No, that was like a Scooby-Doo movie one. It's oh, probably with my there's so many movies like from back in the 70s. I just oh, you know what? forgotten. The ghost from the Mama Cass episode was the ghost of the ham sandwich. I think that's what it was. <laughs> it gets her in the end. <laughs> Can't do that. I'm choking on my beard. I can't see you drinking your beer. <laughs> That one went down really hard. Uh, Real smooth. I love a good Mama Cass joke. Mama Cass ham sandwich. Oh. I hate does. <laughs> what are we going to do uh, in the mouth of madness, man? That's a good one. That was another one I was thinking about doing for the birthday because I just love that movie. It's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, man. Do you like the color blue? <laughs> do you read Sutter King? Man, my brother hit me with that a fucking about a month ago. We're just chit-chatting. He just fucking turns to me and just like, do you read Sutter King? I'm like, can you shut the fuck up with that right now, please? Thank you. <laughs> All right, what's your, uh, what's your number four? Um, the Spooky Space Kook. Do you remember that motherfucker? I'm trying to remember. Oh, is that the, he's got the, yeah, he, he's like got the skull inside the space helmet. And he talks like this, kind of. Think of like a thick Mars attack. You know, like those fucking Martians, but inside the dome, it's like if thick ass Mars attacks had sex with Ghost Rider kind of thing. Yes. It's that's and he cackles like <laughs> he's all black and red and shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun one. That's that's from a that's definitely from an older one. I do like that one. All right, I got one more. Right? Yep, hit me, man. So this is a fucking toss up. All right, it's the creeper. <laughs> the motherfucking creeper and you know goddamn well why well for starters that fucking dude is 100 percent fucking scary i mean he basically looks like frankenstein's monster which is frightening enough and with with the with a better wig yes uh much better hair for sure and uh and then they got the great uh they got the great chasing in that one that's right what's that song come sing me a bar oh you motherfucker all right Daydreaming, gee, ain't it grand? Daydreaming, something, something, something. I'm in love with an ostrich. 
No, I got my head in the sand. I'm in love with an ostrich. <laughs> right. I mean, that's when they had so, like the weirdest fucking like psychedelic trippy songs during the chase scenes. It wasn't all. Just, I missed like, that goofy yeah, you, you a, songs. You get a stupid song for like uh, the classic Scooby Doo gags, like you know the fucking hallway gag. Dude, those are some of my favorites, man. Like this one, this movie's got it like one time, but like that's it, briefly, briefly. Yeah. Cause I'm just kind of like, you know, watching the movie. I'm like, Oh, what tropes are they going to nail? What boxes are they going to check? Kind of thing. You got to have and, the hallway uh, gag where they're, they run in one door and the monster chases them. Then they somehow defy the laws of physics and come out across the hallway at a completely different door. And then like, sometimes <laughs> they're chasing the monster or like two of the <laughs> monsters or like they'll fucking run into each other. Did they do that in the live action movie? Cause if they didn't, that's a fucking wasted opportunity. I can't remember, man. Uh, it, it's it's been a minute. It's uh, the one I've seen. I've seen the second one more, which I think is on Monster Island or something similar uh, to that. I just know Seth Green's in that, and that's the one that has Scrampy. But that's the one where you get like live action versions of a lot of these ghosts. Now, I th- I thought Scrappy was just in the first one. Maybe one. Oh, man. You know what? And it turns out he's Mr. Bean or something. It's been so long. I really need to go back and give those a watch. They weren't bad by any means. Uh, yeah, no, they were fun. And then, like, uh, Cartoon Network started getting out of control with the, like, oh, here's another TV movie. And then, like, they had a Daphne and Velma spinoff or something. Whatever. They've done that a couple times. Like, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo have Scrappy... Uh, shaggy, um, and that little Daphne, Mexican kid. and then like yeah, he's like a he's like a lock like a thief, like a lockpick or something like that. Like Velma and Freddy aren't in it. There's no whoa whoa whoa. Are you saying all Mexican kids are fucking lock lockpicks? No, that's like how they run into him. He's like a thief oh, okay, or something. Hitler. <laughs> no, all right, no, he's, all right. Just, he's just he's just shitty. I didn't like that kid. And like, how are you? No, fuck that. You need Vincent Price along on your fucking adventures. I get it. He was like kind of like their Nick Fury or whatever. Like, oh, go get this ghost that I don't know. That that's my really good Vincent Price. Oh, my fucking... nephew Cody. My nephew Cody. <laughs> what is that gag from The Simpsons? Something like Vincent egg, Price. Vincent is... Price egg painting kit. Yeah, and they're missing a piece, so they gotta call the one eight hundred number. That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> And then, like, he springs the gang from the Super Bowl or something? Uh, no. Uh, who gets them out of the Super Bowl? I forget who gets them out of the Super Bowl. It's got to be Flanders. But, I think it is Flanders. But the rest of them, uh, no, no, he shows up at the end in, like, a big van. Like, almost like an ice cream man van. With Cody driving. And he drops off the piece to Mars, like, knocks on the door, and he's fucking super creepy. And I think he was dead by then, right? Yeah, Vincent Price had, had been in the ground for a couple of years, so that was like Dan Castellaneta doing a fucking... Uh... Which was like part of the joke, because it's like, call the 1-800 number, and then fucking Vincent Price shows up, even though he's been dead. And the game, like the A-Pay kid, was like from the 70s. I think Vincent Price had like a shrunken head kit back in the 70s. Like, you get an apple, it's kind of like Mr. Potato Head or some shit. I don't know, that's worth a trip to the Google right there, my friend. Hey, man, you used to be able to order a lot of different stuff through the mail. Uh, comic books and magazines used to be able to order, like, capuchin monkeys, like, actual live monkeys, not, like, the stupid sea monkey shit. Like, an actual fucking oh. monkey would show up for, like, 20 bucks at your house. Guaranteed and a wife. <laughs> yeah, how's that return policy work? Like, you just fucking put it back on your front porch. Next day, the mailman shows up and be like, no, no, motherfucker, you said this thing was going to arrive alive. <laughs> 
apparently it's been responsible for like just tens of thousands of those fucking like capuchin monkeys and other monkeys that have been released in the wild here in North America that uh, those fucking things live forever. Like the one from Friends, that one is still alive. It was just on TV like a year ago. Uh, so like you can run into those things. I'm sure a lot of them have been captured, brought into like private reserves, or even zoos and stuff like that. But apparently, according to some people, they're still out there. Buddy, I think that's the monkey from Ace Ventura as well. Oh, you know what? I don't know. That is a confusion. Maurice Spike. or some? It was. No, I mean on Friends. That show I don't watch. Uh, uh, so uh, Marcel on Friends. Marcel, thank you. He's... I only watched the season while he, when he was there because I'm a sucker for monkeys and chimpanzees and apes and shit like that. It's like season one and two, I think. Why couldn't a Congo been a comedy? <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. The fucking apes are jumping into lava and Bruce Campbell shooting lasers at motherfuckers. I mean, you're not wrong. Well, how long did it take for us to get that fucking off topic? Right? So we're going to get back on this. I'm going to do my <laughs> first five here. Um, and Let me go get some memory tonic from the fridge over here real quick. All right, hurry up. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm fucking two feet from there. I'm in earshot. Um, so my very first one is going to be Charlie, the Funland Robot. Uh, for Scooby-Doo, where are you? Yeah. I love that fucking thing, dude. It's, like, lifeless face and, like, dead eyes. Basically, you can use the same, like, you know, sentence to describe Jaws. Um, I feel like you're talking about me. But it, like, it fucking creepily power walks while it chases after the gang, which is... You know what? fucking moves is odd. All right, say those words to describe Charlie again. Uh, Creepy, power walking, lifeless face, and dead eyes. Okay, so, like, Sandra Bullock... From fucking Bird Box. <laughs> I don't know what she did to her face, dude, but okay, anyway. No, that was... You know what? That's the only time in, like, the OG series it's not a dude in a suit. Yeah, it's just it's a it's fucking, just a rambunctious robot that, like, just had its wires crossed or some shit. A rambunctious robot. <laughs> a robot. Uh, next up, I've got the Phantom of Vasquez Castle. Also well, from Scooby-Doo, where are you? That's, like... One of the is that early episodes. Dog catching episode. Uh, so this is this is the one where it's like you see this in the intro to the original Scooby Doo. Where are you? It's the fucking ghost that just looks like a white sheet floating in midair with two eye holes cut out. Oh, so it's yeah. not like that's not really creepy. But the way this motherfucker would like cackle and it would like reverberate <laughs> around the fucking castle was very scary. And then like it was never explained. How it could also walk through walls and pass through solid objects? Uh, it's a hologram, dude. Come on, get your shit together. So, uh, that one for sure was always pretty pretty creepy to me. And then uh, next up is the Headless Spectre from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah, I was uh, going to say, you got to specify, because Scooby-Doo, I went through like the fucking checklist. There's like seven headless characters. And one there's of them actually might, a couple specters. So... Scooby-Doo, where are you? This is the one that looks like he's like 18th century Victorian outfit, right, with no head, which is enough already to kind of, you know, like throw you up and like, this is kind of fucking creepy. Um, but they got a Haunted Mansion setting, which I love, right? That's my Classic. two favorite ones is fucking Haunted That's Castles bre- and Haunted That's Mansions. Right? Like, that's just nonstop F-U-N. Shit, I forgot to say it was on my list. Ghostface killer. <laughs> I mean, he's just terrifying. <laughs> Uh, the ghost also fucking plays mind games with them. Like, uh, 
uh, like they does the fucking floating candles, and there's like a picture of a man floating, and he fucking makes the head disappear on it. Like, it's fucking terrifying for sure. Um, next up, one of my favorites is <clears throat> hands down the ten thousand volt ghost. No, oh, no shit, man. Yeah, from the Scooby Doo show. I love this thing. Um, for, first off, like he's basically walking electricity. He's like Proteus from fucking X-Men, essentially. He's just energy. And he can melt metal Wait, just by touching it? Not like Zax from the Hulk? Yeah, it's a pretty intense, like, a power set, if you will. And then, on top of it, you get a you get a change of that classic Scooby-Doo gag we were talking earlier. Like, instead of running down the halls and fucking disappearing through doors, Scooby and Shaggy hide in a bunch of filing cabinets. And the fucking 10,000 volt ghost is like pulling up in one cabinet and Scooby are not the bottom. And they fucking pulls that one open. Now they're at the fucking top. Like, and then he dives in like, that's just fucking fun to me, dude. That shit cracks me up. I laugh every time. I don't care how old I'm going to get. Like, that's just fucking funny, dude. And and they just like change it up. I like how both of us went for esoteric fucking Marvel characters. You said Proteus. I said Zags. Nobody knows who the fuck that is. We should have gone for the obvious Electro. Right. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Nerd flags. Um, and then uh, the last one is um, the cheese monster from a pup named Scooby Doo. So oh, he's on my lists. I wouldn't say that he's. So these are in no particular order. I definitely have some that I would like more, but I wanted to mention a pup named Scooby Doo because I like that show. For it's very fun and like this ghost one. It always made me fucking hungry because he's made out of cheese, right? Like. That's fun. Uh, Scooby, like, literally eats his costume at the end because he's made of cheese. So that's badass. Like, he eats half of it, and then he runs away with just the fucking cheese head on and, like, boxer shorts. And then later on, he eats the rest it of it. It did have comical hearts on it. But they're, like, constantly eating the evidence, and Velma's getting all pissed. Like, he's haunting the Scooby Snacks factory. And then this has, like, like Pup Named Scooby-Doo. Like, they used to do this in the Scooby-Doo Where Are You and stuff like that. I remember the Tar Man episode where, like, Shaggy and Scooby tricked the Tar Man into, like, they walk into a room and, like, oh, you're at a photo session. We're, you know, Dude. Taking, taking your picture. We're, you know, we're you know what I call that? <clears throat> what? Uh, stoner balls. Yeah. <laughs> so, when they just get so fucking ripped out, then they... they they're just, like, I guess it. they just, they're tired of getting scared, so then they start fucking with the monster. It's kind of like when Bugs Bunny... It's very Bugs Bunny-ish, like, when he has Gosmer, you know, the giant orange hair monster, and it's mm-hmm. like, monsters are such interesting people, and then, like, giving him a fucking manicure, and then, like, dips his fingers in the water in his mouse traps. Yep. No? Okay. Okay, well, thank you. So, in this one particular, is one of my favorite gags, because they trick the uh, cheese monster into walking into a room, and they make him think he's at a job interview. So, like, this gag goes on for a while, where they're, like, asking him of <laughs> fucking questions, and filling out all kinds of fucking forms, and then the fucking Mystery Ink gang uses a lunch break as their excuse to fucking run away from it, and the dude's just fucking sitting there chilling until he figures out what's going on, and it just fucking cracks me up every goddamn time, man. Okay, that's actually pretty funny. I'll that's give you that. Pretty good. I say let's run down the last of the list real quick. Uh, no, Not too many explanations. Go ahead and give me the rest of yours, buddy. All right. Demon shark. That's pretty self-explanatory. Is this the one that has shark. arms and legs? Shark monster. Yeah. Right. They can get all my hand. Uh, green ghost, because he's a fucking badass. Dude, yeah. All right. So this was from newer shit. It was... Demon Farmer, he's like a zombie scarecrow with a fucking sickle for a hand. Or scythe. Kind of on the fence with that. Yeah, they had a couple scarecrows. 
right, they did. All right, this guy's badass. I think he's from the OG shit. It's Ghost of Dr. Coffin, which if oh, we're looking for... I have cast, that one on here. Okay, well, because he reminds me of Jeffy Combs from Dude, fucking House on Haunted Hill. He's a fucking ghost of a mad doctor. He haunts a psychiatric hospital. Uh, he has the orderlies fucking pushing out dead bodies in the episode. And this is like the 70s for kids. Turns out on the girdies, oh. though, like under the sheets, it's not bodies. It's just gold. But yeah, dude, that dude. Whoa. All right. And then there's this one. It's this fucking like Chinese ghost, dude. He sucks, but he has these two minions called the Scare Pair. So if you, <laughs> you know yes. what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's fucking shitty, but the Scare Pair is ball of the walls, dude. Because if you take them and you fucking flip him on the green ghost, boom, you got motherfucking ghost face. Yeah, because those dudes straight up look like ghost face, I was just going to say. Yeah. That's so, it for my list of champions. So I got, uh, I also had the ghost of Dr. Coffin, same reasons. Um, I also have Ghost Clown. Oh, straight up, dude. Early one, dude. Like, he hypnotizes the gang, and he fucking throws giant darts at them. Way to be streets ahead with the fucking, you know, killer clown shit from the 70s. And that's one where, like, his eyes look truly fucking terrifying. He makes John Wayne Gacy. Uh, Spectre of Ebenezer Crab. That's a 70s one from the Scooby-Doo show. He looks like a vampire. He haunts a construction site. It sounds kind of lame, but, like, he tries to fucking push people off, like, 40-floor high-rises. Like, he's actually adamantly trying to commit murder in this episode. That's a dick move. You know, he looks like fucking Barnabas Collins from Dark Shadows. Dude, exactly like him. You're fucking I don't think, except he's green. I don't think that's an accident. Uh, Then you've got uh, uh, the Phantom of Milo Booth. The reason this one always stuck out is because the name of the episode is called The Chiller Driller Movie Thriller. And uh, he's basically the ghost of a character from an old movie. This also has Scooby Dumb and Scooby D in it and her only uh, uh, appearance. Scooby Dumb's my shit. Scooby D was the female uh, Scooby who was a movie star. And Dude, then... I kind of want to fuck Scooby D. <laughs> the last one I just thought was fucking Scooby I mean, no, terrifying. I didn't. That's weird. <laughs> You're fucking weird. Uh, is uh, No Face. Um, so he has no fucking face, right? He's just no way. blank uh-uh. fucking canvas. He can't talk. He just mumbles and grunts the whole fucking time. And it's just like, so nah, it's dude. like Madonna from, nah, she could talk. Uh, so she, yeah. It, so it's, yeah. Cause she could talk. It looks like that though. Right. But he's wearing like a purple robe. Um, it, it's just, fuck, it's just fucking terrifying dude. Cause he just doesn't say shit, but that's what I got. Uh, I think you got some, uh, some shitty villains, right? Yeah, I got a list of fucking straight up duds. You're gonna get sad because some of your some of your fucking champions were on here. All right, Jaguaro, a gorilla with a jaguar head. <laughs> the only time I accept anything with a jaguar head than an actual jaguar is King and Armor King from Tekken. Thank you, thank you. All right, the Phantom. It's a dude in a fucking sheet. Are you afraid of peanuts? Because that's what they dressed up as. <laughs> Cheese monster. I'm not going to say anything. You already did. Fuck you. All right, here we go. Enough, another pup named Scooby Doo. I'm pretty sure. Headless skateboarder. <laughs> All right, strap in. It gets better. Chickenstein. Was that which one was the one that was red herring? Uh, I think. Fuck you. Tell me, man. That's, that's your show. So I can't remember that episode, but that's my favorite fucking like gag. Because every episode, fucking Freddy always claims that it's this bully named Red Herring, which is clever because it's like, oh, a Red Herring. Uh, and then there's one episode where he fucking never does, and it turns out that it's actually Red Herring. This is true. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just love Pup Named Scooby-Doo. I know you hate no, it. No, you're good. I was just 
try not to spill my beer. All right. The Dinklebot 9000. Velma makes a robot for her grade school science fair. It goes bonkers. Okay. Bullshit robot. The Haunted Heifer. (laughs) I don't even think I need to go into that. Oh, Strappin, you're going to fucking love this. Rude Boy in the Scottastics, a zombie ska band. Also, get it up, get it up, get it up, get it up. That's a callback from the other night. <laughs> you look like you're in a fucking ska, ska band. Not just Mick Werewolf has left the chat. <laughs> All right, and, and the, the creme de la creme, the fucking pizza possum. <laughs> That's a lot of pup named Scooby-Doo ones. Boy, what a funny coincidence. Huh. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I'm not saying that show's bulletproof, but it's a lot more fun than uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh. Or, or it's always better than most of the ones that uh, in Star Shaggy, like uh, Scooby and the Ghoul School. Or uh, I like Reluctant Werewolf, but like a lot of those suck. Those are different because those are standalone movies. Uh, Ghoul School was its own uh, show, wasn't it? No, that was just that was a standalone movie. That There were three TV movies there. Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School... Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, and I, the third one is, it might be two, I th- I'm pretty sure it's three, but the third one slips my uh, my memory right now. So, I know that people, like, you don't like Reluctant Werewolf, and I'm, it's definitely not a great, I don't like any of those because they're not good Scooby-Doo stories, but the Reluctant Werewolf's funny because it's basically like Mario Kart with horror movie characters, and uh, you get like these twin fucking humpback fucking like villains, the Hunch Bunch that are just fucking hilarious. Oh, shit, they're called the Hunchbuck. Yeah, dude, it's fucking great, because the one can talk, and he's, like, super, like, you know, like, he has a monocle, and he's just very uptight, and the other one just fucking grunts and growls. He's like Ed, the hyena from uh, Lion King. Right. Uh, but, all right, so moving on, uh, we've fucking wasted 35 uh, minutes of the episode, probably right about now, but you know what? It's worth it, because I fucking love talking about Scooby-Doo. What do you mean we've given people amazing content? Right? Um, so where or to when... Stuck in there too. I'm going to fuck you in the mouth. If you Ooh. interrupt me again, I'm going to come I'm over there break. and break quarantine, and then I'm going to break your teeth with my dick. Oh, I thought you were going to say break tonsils, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm going to break throats. I have, like, two turds right by my door, so when you, like, open the door, it's like fucking Return of the Jedi with those logs on the fucking ad-ad. What <laughs> stooky logs. slipping on turds. <laughs> my four-year-old tried to kill his uh, mom tonight. He spread a bunch of uh, soap shampoo on the floor of the bathroom. And uh, thank Whoa. God I walked in there first because she just fell. Her big fucking pregnant ass had to fall straight back and hit her head in the sink. That's homicide for two. Oh, yeah, right? What up? The good son? Uh, so when or where was the first time you saw this movie, Nachos? Go. All right. When did I see this? It was either the beginning of eighth grade or freshman year. Uh, TBS started rerunning, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo, where are you before school on the weekdays? So naturally I'd wake up, get all my stuff ready, eat breakfast, iron my clothes. Yeah, I was a weird fucking kid. Uh, and I would try to watch uh, both episodes before we had to be in the car kind of thing. Right. So I feel like these uh, reruns led to some kind of Scooby-Doo resurgence in the mid-early mid 90s, which was nice because, you know, that's when a lot of us were starting to get into horror and stuff like that. So this was late uh, 90s when it came out. Yeah, late mid-90s. Uh, me and a, so anyway, cut to that. So uh, me and a few buddies and I were um, smoking some jazz cabbage like we did. 
you know, school let out. So we watch like Powerpuff Girls, Devil's Lettuce. We'd, uh, you know, fucking watch Get Ripped and watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie or the Powerpuff Girls or Cow and Chicken or whatever the fuck was going on. And uh, I saw a TV spot for it, like in the middle of that. And so it was like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. And I was like, what? New Scooby-Doo? And like the whole big thing was, is like, guess what, pussy? We got real monsters this time. And I was like, eh, I don't know, man. Like, Scooby-Doo, where are you? That was my shit. But then I kind of remembered, like, you know, the reluctant werewolf and the ghoul school shit like that. 13, and 13 ghosts, ghosts that had room, yeah. yeah. And then I'm just like, pretty much anything where Shaggy's in a pink shirt, I'm out. It's like pink but suit anyway, <laughs> Exactly, pink suit Lupin. Fucking, let's never talk about that. All right, uh... <laughs> So anyway, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island looked really good. It was kind of stupid that it wasn't theatrically released. It was direct-to-video. I get what they did, and I think because of the success, the success of that, that's how we ended up with the two live-action movies and like a shit ton of straight-to-video, you know, cartoons you... or you know, cartoon movies. Because they're still making these; they didn't stop. No, they're still going, and you are one hundred percent correct. I think this is when. Uh, Warner Brothers <clears throat> took over. So October 98, my mom brought this home. She worked at Sam's Club in the optician department. And, you know, it's straight to video release. And she brought it home for me and uh, my little brother to watch. And I yeah, fucking yeah. fell in love, dude. That was like eighth grade for me when this came out. And I just fucking couldn't get enough of it. And like it was, it was highly successful. And it started basically a whole Scooby-Doo resurgence where you got a bunch of direct-to-video stuff. You even got new stuff on the WB a couple years later, like a show that had like a season or two. I think they did like two or three. Well, you know what? While we're here, I want to address this before I forget. So um, they were doing, I, I think right around this time, Cartoon Network started doing, this was like before Adult Swim. So, you know, the closest thing you had was Space Ghost and shit. Mm-hmm. So like. You know, me and my dad would watch Space Ghost kind of shit. So, like, before that, they started doing... They did a parody of the Blair Witch. But oh, it's Scooby-Doo. Do you remember this? I do. I fucking do. Dude, that was really cool. And, uh... That's, you know, and I don't think I've ever seen that released on anything. No, no, because they did another one, too, where it was, like... They did... It was... They did one where it's Blair Witch. Like, they start out and it ends up, like... So what they do is they take like, you know, new new animation and then they like insert it into live action scenes and stuff. Didn't they interview them too? Like like yeah, like yeah. interviews like VH1's behind the music kind of thing? Exactly, dude. And it was fucking dope because like you started to learn a lot about this shit. Like they came from Coolsville, which they always sorry, I'd like take Scooby Doo pretty fucking seriously, or at least I did. You, you know, do. like that's Scooby Doo, where are you era kind of thing. I used to, for creative writing, like, write really bad Scooby-Doo fanfic. And if I if it was the era of DeviantArt, you bet your ass it would have been up there. If we ever get a real Patreon, we're auctioning those off. Oh, man. No, I burnt those notebooks. <laughs> to stay warm. No, to fucking smart. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I think that's what kind of led to this further satirical kind of tongue-in-cheek Scooby-Doo shit all right i'm sorry uh, i believe you're up uh yeah no so like as i said uh you know 98 uh from my mom but uh before we get started uh, i want to tell everybody this is not a uh, video nasty this is not on our hello nasty list obviously it's fucking scooby-doo 
and yeah, it's exactly. so it's way after that that list ever uh, was created. Uh, directed by Jim Stenstrom. Sounds like a fake name. Couldn't find anything about him, but apparently he directed this. And I've always been curious about how you direct a full an animated feature, whatever it may be, right? A cartoon or things like that. Like, what do you do? Like, do you cut certain cells out to like make things fit better? Like, how does that work? I think that's the editor's gig. But you know what? If you're putting forth the money to like produce an animated feature then yeah there's not going to be deleted scenes because that shit costs money to animate so. i guess the director uh just reviews the uh daily or weekly animations and then decides if they're up to snuff or not you know like as you would do with like a reviewing the scenes and saying no, honestly go back. i i think a key component of it would be uh storyboarding making sure that the vision's being done properly yeah, I mean, fuck, that's what storyboards are, you know, comic books for uh, for movies. You know what? Let's spaz about this later. Sure. All right, spaz so let's meet our casualties here. So, obviously, with this being an uh, animated feature, all these folks are mostly um, voice actors. We've got a couple of uh, real-life actors. Tongue, they're real. For sure. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not real actors or that they don't even work hard. No, uh, I'm not talking that. I mean, just because they're cartoons doesn't mean they're not real. I gotcha. Okay. But uh, this is this is fun. So it's just like, instead of me saying, like, where you can find these other people in, like, other live-action movies, this is, like, where you can find their other voice work. Um, so the first one I got up is Scott Eines, who played Scooby-Doo. I couldn't find anything on him. No, I'm he not... didn't. That would, uh, Frank Welker. Welker did Scooby in this. Scott Eines is credited in the credits. That's weird. Yep. Uh, next up, uh, Bill, Billy West plays Norville Shaggy Rogers. So if you didn't know that yeah. uh, Shaggy's first name was Norville and his last name was Rogers, uh, you might know him as the voice of Fry from Futurama, uh, among other classic voices. And I was going to leave nachos to this one because I know he loves Billy West, even though it sounds I mean, like a big fake name. It's, I mean, dude, Billy West is in everything. He's Ren and Stimpy. He's Fry. He's Roger Klotz. He's the fucking Cheerio Bee. Um, God damn, dude! What what else? I'm drawing a blank now, but I mean, he's got a big portfolio. I didn't list it because like, I, I figured you'd know it. He's like every other voice on Futurama. He's what did I just watch with something? Well, he was just in that shit. I'm not talking. Um, is he also he, Bender? No, that's uh, John Damage or Damagio. Okay, uh, but he's Zoidberg. He's the professor. He's damn. I haven't seen Futurama in a minute. I'm kind of slipping. Well, it's always good to go back, man. It's one of those ones I can always rewatch. Yeah, let's rewatch Jurassic Bark. <laughs> Season three. Uh, yeah, so we've got Mary Kay Bergman, who play, who voiced Daphne Blake. Um, her biggest claim to fame up until she passed away uh, suddenly was that she was the voice of most of the female cast from South Park. So I can't say the original South Park. She was a man. But she was uh, the moms, the little girls. Like, she was all of them. Uh, for a, whoop, hit the mic. Uh, for a long time, she was all of the female cast. That's right. Uh, we've also got uh, this is an OG one right here. Frank Welker, who played Fred Jones, so he was everything. The, he was the voice of Freddie and everything up to this point. Uh, and he's still Freddie. Is he? Is he still? Yeah, motherfucker's like seventy or whatever, and he's still Freddie. Well, he I also got, does. I got Scooby some good Doo ones. now. He uh, he's also Megatron. 
Yes, he is. And Soundwave, among other Transformers, both Decepticons and Autobots in the Transformers TV show and the movie, as well as Wheelie from the Transformers The Movie. We've got... I mean, uh, go ahead. He's Nibbler. He's also... He's Nibbler. Is he? He had a oh, big yeah. portfolio. A lot of these people have... Like, usually voice actors have a ton of shit. He and I just don't have the page space for all that. Slimer from the uh, the real Ghostbusters cartoon show. Pretty much any time you hear somebody like... Blah, 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 that's usually Frank Wilker. Or Pretty like sure some he was kinda... in Extreme Ghostbusters as well. Yeah, probably. Uh, so you got... Universal. Uh, you got BJ Ward, who played uh, Velma. She is the voice of Scarlet from the G.I. Joe animated TV series. Uh, and she actually voiced Violet Gray from the Peanuts. Is that fucking Charlie Brown's girlfriend or something? Uh, no, Violet. Okay, so you remember... Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank here and I should kick Was she the away. chick always hanging out by Schroeder's piano? She's Lucy's... Uh, uh, she's Lucy's... Uh, friend who pretty much looks just like Lucy, and she's like extra shitty to Charlie Brown all the time. She in the Christmas special, she says that of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. No, go kill yourself. She's I mean, cunt, God yeah. damn. why is everybody so terrible to fucking Charlie Brown? That motherfucker is eight years old and bald and has panic attacks like every day. Right? That and dude's kind of rough. Just be good to Charlie Brown. No shit. Even the dog gives him shit sometimes. So come on, Snoopy. Like. Right? Fuck off. Lay off. What are you, who are you fucking showing off for? The Red Baron? Knock it off. That fucking Red Baron. Uh, so this one, hey, horror movie uh, actor, actress right here, uh, Adrienne Barbeau. She plays uh, Simone Lenoir. I, I'm never going to be able to say her name right in this It looks like Lenore. Uh, but That's what I have. French, it's Lenoir. Uh, obviously, she's fucking from Escape from New York. She's in The Fog. She's in Swamp Thing, Creep Show, Two Evil Eyes, pretty much anything... That had to deal with her ex-husband at the time, John Carpenter. Yeah, she's dope. Uh, then you've got Tara Strong, uh, who plays uh, Lena. No Dupree. shit. Uh, so uh, she, she's out there winning big eyes contest, uh, as well as big tits. <laughs> big fake tits. Whew, dude, uh, she's so hot. She's the voice of Dill Pickles from Rugrats, Batgirl from the new Batman animated series. She's Bubbles and Powerpuff Girls. She's Timmy Turner in The Fairly Odd Parents. Fucking love that. She's show. got a huge rack and a even bigger fucking portfolio, uh, and she knows she, she does. Plays, she plays um, She's fucking toot toot from a uh, uh, drawn together. No, does the she old, really? The old racist dude. She plays like half the cast of that. She's princess, um, the super racist bitch. <laughs> My octopus wah. Um and and uh, shit, dude. She's in fucking senior trip. She's the stoner chick. Talking to Hawkeye about if Freddy has nightmares, or if Jason has nightmares, can Freddy invade them? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Some deep cuts. She's good looking. Dude, my room, uh, my roommate busted my chops. I didn't know for the longest time fucking Jeremy Renner was like, A, in Senior Trip. And then he's, he's the like, character. he's like, that's Hawkeye. I'm like, fuck you. And then I watch it. I was like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Senior Trip. I fucking love Senior Trip. It's so stupid. It's got old boy from who played Rosie and Blade is is the big fat Polish dude. Yep, you ain't wrong. Ain't that bonkers? We've also got uh, uh, Cam Clark who plays Detective Bo Neville. Uh, so this one everybody should fucking know. He's both the voice of Leonardo 
Yeah. And Rocksteady. Now, granted, those two don't sound alike, but his Leonardo voice is the same as his Bo voice, and they pretty much his regular voice in the original Teenage Mutant Turtles animated series. Um, uh, this, this one is fun to find. He's also in the English dub of Akira. Uh, he is Canada. Uh, Shotaro Canada. Canada. Uh, Canada. Canada. They he's dude. Fuck you, dude. They they say it both ways in the goddamn <laughs> fucking movie. Uh, he's also uh, famously for anybody who doesn't uh, watch cartoons. He's Liquid is Snake. He Roy Campbell. He's Liquid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. I mean, you know, okay. I was I had to make sure. I mean, you I know, like how you had it wrong, but you're busting my chops. You know what I'm talking about? He is fucking Campbell. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No spoilers. No spoilers. No. Uh, is he Campbell? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it was fucking Boston Who's Balls Now. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Happy birthday, bitch. Uh, we've got Jim Cummings, who plays Jacques. Dude, so, seriously, if you don't know Jim Cummings, get the fuck out of here. He's he's a lot of Winnie fun stuff. Winnie the Pooh. He's Winnie he's, the fucking Pooh. He's Leatherhead he's, and Genghis Frog. Psycho. In, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Psycho. <laughs> I got this one just for you. I pulled this one just for you. He is the voice of bullet number two in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I already know a voice at the drunk one. Yeah. Well, any value? Where are you been? At the bottom of a bottle I'm or drinking. something like. <laughs> I fucking love that scene, dude. Have you ever noticed that it's uh, uh do you know who gave him that gun? Yosemite Sam. Yep. It says uh, thanks for getting me out of the who's a what's it or something like that. Dude, that movie is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> I fucking love that movie, dude. I never caught that until years later, probably five or six years ago. I was like, oh shit, there's a fucking... Like, you had to get like a better version of the VHS version to see yeah. the plaque. Yeah, like, it's got that little plaque. It's like, damn, Yosemite Sam gave him that gun. That's dope. Man. I love that fucking movie. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> uh, so next up, I never heard of this guy before. He uh, is uh, Mark Hamill, plays Snakebite Scrubs. Scruggs? Oh, uh, dude, isn't he, uh, he's like that, that fucking nobody in Star Trek, right? Yeah, he's the guy with the dad issues in, uh, Dude, and he plays, uh, the Riddler, like, in one episode of that fucking piece of shit, um, <laughs> 90s Superman show or I think whatever. he's, uh, the Green Goblin, right, in Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude. Exactly. If you fucking don't know who this guy is and his famous acting, get the fuck off. Go fuck Just yourself. delete yeah. this fucking episode. Hit, hit the, actually download this episode. Tell all your friends to, but go hit the bricks. Put an egg in your shoe and fucking beat it. <laughs> right? He's the fucking Hobgoblin Spider-Man anime series. He is fucking Luke Skywalker in all Star Wars. He is motherfucking um, the Joker in almost every band, Batman animated feature ever up until uh, they did uh, Arkham City stuff. And he was the Joker in there, but then I think he, he dipped after the first or second one. He's also skips from regular show. He dude, he's got a lot of shit on. Oh, him. that motherfucker's in everything. And you always you always know when you hear you're like, is that Mark Campbell? Oh, he was also New Chucky. But yeah, he was the voice of uh Buddy in the New Chucky movie. But I will say in this one, Snakebite Scruggs, uh it, unless you told me that was Mark Campbell, I would not have known. Because there are many like the Hobgoblin and the Joker and quite a bit that he does that sound very familiar and similar to each other. Yeah. This one did not. This was very Bayou, you know, in the South. Like, it was just, it was very gruff, and I did not recognize him at all. And I was trying to pick them out uh, when I first watched it, and I just couldn't. I didn't want to spoil so the, it for myself. The first watch through, I was just kind of like, so the introduction, you know, of, um, I am his Bayou Bill or Gator Gary or whatever, and then I was like, 
wait a minute. And I was waiting for some more dialogue. I'm like, that's fucking Mark Hamill. That's Cockknocker. <laughs> Funny story, actually. Mark <laughs> Hamill, bench me up night. Uh, last two on the list here is Jennifer Lee Warren, plays Chris, a talk show host. I couldn't find anything on her. It says she was famous for voice acting, but I couldn't find anything about her at all. But I know she did a lot of musical stuff, so not really anything that I'm familiar with. And the last Here's one the is uh, Ed Gilbert, who plays Mr. Beeman. Uh, he's in, like, a scene and has, like, yeah. two lines of dialogue. Uh, but he was the voice of Baloo in the uh, Tailspin, in the uh, uh, Disney's Tailspin TV show. Tailspin was a fucking weird show. That's one of my wife's favorite ones. I enjoyed it. I was more of a Quack Pack, DuckTales kind of guy. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, Rescue my Rangers, God, Darkwing Duck. Goof Troop. Give me fucking Goof Troop. <laughs> dude, Goof Troop, for sure. All day long. So, so the dude that made the Goof Troop video game made fucking Resident Evil? Yep. Capcom. Yep. All right. Let's not... <laughs> anyway. Don't pull that thread. Uh, so released in uh, September, September of 1998. Uh, this was... Uh, um, I, I mean, it, it came up against... a plenty of, of pretty good movies at the time so same uh, in 98 we had h2o we had the faculty i still know what you did last summer urban legend john carpenter's vampires yeah. strange land deep rising shrieker which is the full moon movie uh, the dentist 2 and blade i love blade uh, blade's badass so how to watch uh not many options here um you can get on vhs there are two DVDs, including a single standalone disc and then a double feature with Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. I don't really recommend watching that one, um, but you can get it. Uh, and then it's also how we watch it. It's streaming on Netflix right now. It seems to constantly be on Netflix. They've got a lot of the WB stuff on there, so you can definitely check that out. I'm all right with that. Thanks, Netflix. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick pee break, and then we'll be right back. Hey everybody, this is Vincent DeSanthi, director of the Friday the 13th fan film Never Hike Alone, and you are listening to the Here Comes the Spooky podcast. Alright, and now we're back, and you just heard from our sponsor, huh? a little promo we got. So, oh my uh, god, who was it? Right, uh, Vincent DeSanti from fucking Never Hike Alone. Uh, much appreciated there, Vinny, for sure. Uh, so we took a little pee break, a little smoke break, and uh, now we're ready to get started. So, you ready to horse around with some maniacs? <sighs> yeah finally Fuck. <laughs> no shit right all right no, so no the editing of radio magic <laughs> our movie starts in a dark and stormy night as the mystery incorporated gang is investigating the moat monster inside a spooky castle we get plenty of shots of the castle and their atmosphere complete with stone guard coils and plenty of suits of armor where we finally close in on a door and a pair of green hands come onto the screen and rip the motherfucker apart to reveal that the gang is hiding inside. Hey, real talk. Uh, when they brought us the intro of the castle, did it not feel like the intro from the fucking uh, Tales from the Crypt? Yeah, it did. I was waiting for him to scroll down to the basement and the coffin to pop open and the Crypt Keeper to do that little weasel laugh. How's that go, Cincinnati, Jeff? Right? No, you're fucking dead on. I actually thought the castle even kind of looked like the one that hangs on the cliff, uh, Dracula's castle in uh, Symphony of the Night. Ooh. Castle Dracula. All right, go ahead. Uh, so inside, everybody makes like a banana and splits. 
uh, with the monster chasing down Shaggy first. Shaggy seems to escape initially, but he actually locks himself in a room with the monster in one of the classic Scooby gags where he locks the door with like three or four dead bolts, turns around, there's another room in the door that he goes to escape from, and the monster's waiting outside of that door. He then escapes and uh, runs screaming for Scooby-Doo, and we get our, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And we get cued into our fucking classic intro music here. Um, And I break that down into the trivia, but uh, this is a fun song, and this movie has a lot of good musical cues for sure. I very much enjoyed it. So in classic Scooby-Doo fashion, we get a solid chase scene, uh, starting with Scooby and Norville crashing into each other, and Scooby then's riding on Shaggy, for a bit before they realize that there might be a problem with this scenario and switch places, and then Shaggy's not riding Scooby like a goddamn pony. The monster damn near chases uh, Daphne and Velma off a balcony where Freddy comes to their fucking rescue at the last minute and catches him before the monster sneaks up behind Fred and ruins his only sweater. Takes but, a fucking wipe out of him. That's right? pretty bald for this. But thankfully, he misses all his vital organs and his groovy ascot. Um, and Scooby comes to his aid in the last minute and falls from from the sky, basically, uh, and distracts the monster and gets him to chase him down the stairs, where they accidentally knock over all these suits of armor inside the room, and with a domino-like effect, they all fall around the room and uh, eventually come up and creep behind the monster, and one final suit of armor knocks the monster out. Velma walks up and pulls off the mask and reveals it is, in fact, Mr. Beeman, the real estate agent. Mr. (laughs) Beeman. Duh. It's so obvious. He probably did it to cover up that totally legal money printing scheme. He was printing millions of counterfeit dollars in the basement, and what we thought was mold is actually green ink. Uh, It's actually key from the sticky nugs he was fucking (laughs) wrong. Um... I was going to say, I was a little disappointed in this because our, our standard Scooby-Doo, we get the, the elaborate device that either Fred or uh, Velma plans, and then it's usually the monster or Shaggy or Scooby fuck it up. But, right. I mean, we kind of get that a little bit. This one was just, like, accidental. And, um, you know, and you get good gags. Like, you get the, the, the hallway running scene, and they're going through the fucking doors and stuff like that. And the monster... Looks great. Like, your first cue right here is, like, this is not the Scooby of old. The animation has definitely been stepped up. The characters are all very very similar, right? They're pretty much the same right here. Uh, but the animation is just top-notch at this point, especially for 98. It looks good. Uh, is it just me, or did the fucking uh, Moat Monster kind of look like a cross between Man-Thing and the Abomination? Very much right. like the Abomination, for sure, with, like, those fin ears and shit. Right. Gotcha. So the scene then changes, and it turns out Daphne is on a talk show called Chris, and she was just retelling an old story about the case of the the moat monster. The host, Chris, says she is scared easily and that she isn't surprised Daphne gave it all up to become a famous reporter with her own show, Coast to Coast with Daphne Blake. But Daphne says the real reason she changed jobs was because the monsters and ghosts always turned out to be bad guys in masks, and she was just bored with it, and that's why the gang all went their separate ways, except for Daphne and Freddy. Turns out Fred Jones is her producer and one-man crew of her current show. Daphne then tells Chris that she's actually going to do a new segment this year called Haunted America, where they will be looking for real haunted houses and ghosts, and they'll just be traveling across the country doing so. Chris says that it's too bad that the rest of the gang won't be joining and coming along. Daphne says that she does miss them a lot and appears to be a little sad, but this gives Freddy an idea, and he decides to call them all up. So, real quick, um, 
so Daphne was ahead of the game with this ghost hunter bullshit. Uh, you know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have too much cable at the time, so I can't tell you, uh, how many ghost hunter shows were out there or if there were any, I know that they're all bullshit. I mean, they didn't hit till the early thousands as much as I loved ghost adventures. Well, at least, you know, the first season Dude, that shit's all garbage. Yeah, it's total crap. What I like now, um, uh, my wife really likes the, um, uh, like the flipper flop and stuff like that on the, uh. I forget what what network that is. Um, you know, what's flip or flap? How's that work? Uh, it's like all these shows about like let's buy this house uh, and let's see if we can turn it for a profit. Or the property oh, brothers yeah, where they yeah, help yeah. people buy homes and then see if they can help renovate them to their near perfect vision while staying in their budget. There's a ton of these fucking shows on HGTV. That's what it is. Um, but there is one out there that I don't think it's on HGTV, but I think they flip murder houses. Oh, shit, dude. So that sounds kind of cool. I've only read about it. I've never seen an episode, but I have seen it advertised, so I'm hoping that it uh, is something that's well, actually been around a, for a while. There's a fucking premise for a horn. Oh, that's the plot for Sinister. What am I talking about? Right? Um. Anyway, go ahead. I'll let you continue because I'm right. just notorious at interrupting. So first Go, go up, ahead, though. It's all right. No, yeah. No. Is he cool? Yeah, uh, you're, so yeah, first you're up. Yeah. So first no, no, go ahead. You... So first up is Shaggy and Scooby, who now have a fantastic job for them. They're working at the airport in customs, looking for contraband food that is being brought into the country illegally. So they're like NSA agents, right? That's what's going on. Um, not quite, not quite. They're more like customs agents. Uh, so it's it's a different it's a different. So they're they're fucking program. narcs, right? They're flipping the script now. Now Scooby Doo and Shaggy are narcs. So they caught uh, the tail end of Daphne's show and heard what she said uh, before their boss gets on their asses for standing around. They head over to luggage, and Scooby uses his snooper siffer uh, to go through some luggage. First, he finds a pair of dirty socks and some underwear before he uncovers some gorgonzola cheese. The two, yeah. the two then go to check in into the storage room with the rest of the uh, contraband evidence, and they find it completely filled with cured meats and desserts and dairy products of all fucking kind. Beauty. Next... We cut over to Dinkley's Mystery Bookshop, where Velma is working. Uh, she is on the phone with a customer looking for books for them to pull for an order, and she's clearly bored and uninterested and just despondent and just, I'm done with this shit. After getting off the phone, she was also watching um, Daphne's interview on The Chris Show. She comments that solving mysteries is a lot more fun than selling them, when suddenly the phone rings and it turns out to be Freddie with some good news inviting her along. Back Did you catch... Oh, sorry. I'm Go ahead. No, what's up? Wait. Did you catch the uh, the books the customer was looking for? They're like uh, close, like similar titles to some of the earlier stuff, like the Haunted Circus and Hair Razors. Yeah, that's a nice little nod to Goosebumps there. Yep, like Mystery at the Camp, got it. Terror at the Haunted Carnival, got it. It's like shit. She's like, like she's like, I lived this shit. Fuck. So back at the airport now, Shaggy's boss walks into the storage room and sees an extremely well-fed customs agent and his dog. In that classic fucking ate too much, and now they've, like, got massive fucking pregnant bellies and shit. Like, their clothes don't fit anymore. Right. Like uh, the Ethiopian bellies, yeah. And he loses his shit about them eating all the contraband. Shaggy corrects him, however, and tells him they did not eat all of it, and in fact save a couple of Gorgonzolas. He, in what is my favorite line in the movie, says, You're a couple of Gorgonzolas! Before firing their asses. But then Freddy calls to save the day and invites them uh, along the adventure as well. 
You fired. You hired. There you go. You got a belly full of gorgonzola. <laughs> You're a fucking couple of gorgonzolas. I love that shit, dude. Chuckle Eat every time. Uh, later at Daphne's house now, Freddie pulls up in the coast-to-coast van and surprises her with the rest of the gang hanging out in the back. Daphne is excited and says it'll be just like old times when right on cue, Velma pulls out a box of Scooby Snacks that have apparently gone stale. Uh, but hey, that doesn't stop fucking uh, Norville and Scooby from eating them, though. All right, I, I got to call bullshit on a thing real quick. So I was always under the impression that the Mystery Machine was Shaggy's fan. Then why the fuck does Fred have it? Freddy always drives it. Yeah, but it's because Shaggy and Scooby are too stoned. So go ahead, here's the keys, man. <laughs> All right, and um, I think you overlooked this. So when when Velma pulls out that fucking box of uh, Scooby snacks, she doesn't know that. Shaggy and Scooby are, you know, recovering addicts. So shit gets awkward, but it's a deleted scene cut from the script due to uh, time restraints. Uh, Scooby and Shaggy go ass to ass with a giant pink dildo in the front yard called the Girth Worm. <laughs> and uh, the neighbors are like, that's disgusting. But uh, so that 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 didn't get cut due to content. That got cut due to um time. But uh, you know what movie they actually use that in? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Rock Room for a Dream. The, that's what they want you to think. They actually use that scene in Pixar's Cars too. <laughs> Just watch that with my son. I don't recall that scene. It's in there. You might have right. left the room or something. I'll have to look, I'll have to look out for it. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, all right. So Freddie then tells them that must be in the European cut. I guess something. Freddie then tells them they're going to Louisiana to start their trip. So it's the home of some fantastic gourmet cooking. And before they head out, Freddie pulls off the coast to coast sticker from the van to reveal the mystery ink logo. Yeah, I got him. Got him. Uh, we are then treated to another killer tune. As we get a montage of the gang checking out ghost sightings and rumors, but they all turn out to be fake, like a haunted crystal ball that's just a ghost on a projector, a giant vampire bat in the cemetery, which looks pretty good, uh, but he's just a grave robber, a ghost of a riverboat captain who's actually just an old tour guide. And now, hold then... up. I don't, I don't like how you said grave robber. Now, why is it Laura Croft can be a tomb raider and everybody gets to praise her? She's a fucking tomb ro- uh, a grave robber. Indiana Jones is a grave robber. I think the only difference is you throw in a couple hundred years in there. That's the difference. I also, mean, did, I guess. Did you notice that uh, the casino captain kind of looked like Matt Cordell, the maniac cop? <laughs> it did All right, look I'll, like I'll Robert sh- Zadar. I'll shut up for a minute. Go ahead. Uh, and then uh, last up, uh, my favorite one. Um, it's both my favorite because it's a little scary and then oddly humorous is there in Bubba Joe's Crawdad Company, uh, where they are being chased by a giant killer lobster monster. This thing's yep. fucking terrifying and then humorous at the same time just to think of a giant lobster. Nah, dude, lobsters are creepy. So they all turn out to be just people in masks. Uh, so the gang then stops into New Orleans with Daphne upset about what they found so far. Clearly nothing of it's real. Velma says it's just like the good old days, but Daphne says it's a little too much like the good old days. And she needs a real haunted house. A woman overhears their conversation and introduces herself as Lena Dupree. She says that she is a chef on Moonska Island and that it is actually really haunted. 
It's located in a bayou and that a pirate named Morgan Moonscar died on the island long ago and his spirit still haunts the place. The gang is a little skeptic at first, but they decide to go along. Velma then looks up the island and any information she could find and confirms that there have been a lot of strange disappearances on the island over the years. I'm going to jump in here real quick. Um, you know what I appreciated with this new um, Mystery Machine 2.0? The fucking crime lab they dropped in the back. Right? So yes, it's like the fucking turtle van. I Yeah, you're not too far off. All right, go ahead. So they're going to leave uh, as soon as they find Shaggy and Scooby and they finish with their fucking three-foot-tall po' boy. Yeah, I Which, miss those. God. I love these sandwiches where they do that fucking like that three foot and you got to slam it down like an accordion. Right. And then it's like fucking like this is a good scene where like fucking like Shaggy puts peppers on his side and fucking Scooby puts hot sauce on his side and fucking Scooby vacuums the shit in on his end. So Shaggy gets fucking screwed and gets nothing but bread. And he's like, oh, wasn't as filling as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Scooby's kind of a dick like that in this movie. I know it's his namesake movie, but. Yeah, he gets the best of Shaggy for sure this time around. Um, so they follow Lena down the, to the docks where they meet a local ferryman named Jacques. Jacques <laughs> confirms that they will learn soon enough that the island is actually haunted and that many people have gone into the bayou but have never come out. Uh, as the gang get ready to cross, Lena sees Scooby and says she did not know they had a dog with her and that her employer, Mrs. Lenoir keeps cats on the island. Shaggy oh. says it's no big deal and that Scooby's a fan of all animals. He loves cats. Now, I gotta call some bullshit on this. Okay, straight up, I have in my notes. As soon as I hear the ferry driver, I was like, there's no way in hell if that's not Jim Cummings. I'll take my... I, I, I take my voice actors pretty serious. Also, what's with the, uh, the back-to-back ferries? April Fool's Day, now this. If I didn't know any better, I think one of her hosts has a fairy fetish. <laughs> What's next? The New York River? The Ring? Can we never do the New York River? I promise we won't. All right. Continue. During their trip, Jacques tells them all about the pirates that used to hide in the bayou. Uh, Also about Big Mona, the biggest catfish in the bayou that no one has ever been able to catch. Uh, Before Shaggy and Scooby spot Big Mona, we get a classic water-in-the-face gag. Uh, as uh, Shaggy says, that's one catfish who doesn't like dogs. Uh, so Scooby tries to take a swipe at him, and they fall in, they fall overboard into the bayou where the gators move in to eat them. Yeah, now, it's close. It is close. Fucking yeah! Like all right, it's a high tense situation. So the two, the two try to swim away, uh, but the gators are fucking closing in on them. Uh, when suddenly they're cut off by another boat and a local fisherman by the name of Snakebite Scruggs. A.K.A. Billy Bayou, A.K.A. Alligator Allen, A.K.A. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> shows up with this fucking giant hook and saves them all before hollering at them for scaring Big Mona away. He then yeah, introduces dude. Shaggy and Scooby to his hunting pig, Mojo. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Mojo. Before kicking them off the boat and back onto the ferry where they are headed on their merry ass way. The gang then arrives at the island and follows Lena to the house as Jacques takes off in the ferry. They all arrive at the house, and first thing they notice is that there are just fucking hundreds of cats. Right. And Scooby can't help but fucking chase them all. Like, this is too many fucking cats. Uh, So he's tearing ass around the fucking yard, and he's fucking up all the flower gardens before he finally directly runs into Mrs. Lenoir. 
Lena then explains to her why she brought everyone to the island and apologizes for the dog. The gang smooths everything over, Mrs. Lenoir, and tells them that the island is a pepper plantation and some of the hottest peppers in Louisiana actually grow on this island. Now, did you catch this part uh, when the groundkeeper responds, Oh, that good-for-nothing dog got his ass under the porch and in the garden acted a damn fool. That's what happened. I don't recall that. Oh, well. I feel pretty bad for that gardener. You know, oh, hopefully... We're going to get to dude, him. I, I got to think. You can't see me stepping on your toes because it's under the table. <laughs> but, uh, um, so that gardener, you know, I feel bad. I, I mean, like, I hope he gets paid well for odd jobs. You know what I'm saying? And maybe he gets a little... Oh, I, I have a whole bit. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I'm done with it. So she also confirms that the house is very haunted by restless spirits, that the gang is allowed to look around and film as much as they want, uh, but they have to do something about the dog. Shaggy suggests uh, the kitchen is a good place to keep him, and she says, sure, why the fuck not, before they look around. Daphne then apologizes for the flowers, but Lena says it's no big deal and just fucking pours salt all over their local gardener here, Bo. Uh, he'll take care of it, and uh, but he does not look so pleased to hear this. No, news. he's like under his breath. He's like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Fraser, no good. So uh, Norville and Scooby then head into the kitchen to try to get some gumbo, and they decide that they want to add uh, some of the local peppers here to the mix, and find out that Mrs. Lenoir was not kidding about the fucking hot peppers, as they later on dare each other to eat a little bit more. A ghostly mist appears in the kitchen and begins to carve the words Get Out on the kitchen wall. Their screaming alerts everyone to come check on them where they see what's happened and um, they also obviously see the words too. Daphne then gets very excited and interviews uh, Mrs. Lenoir, who has now introduced herself as Simone, in front of the words before a wind comes in out of nowhere, blows very hard, and interrupts the interview, and suddenly the words beware now appear underneath get out. Um all of a sudden then Velma starts levitating and her eyes white out and she starts screaming at the gang that they'll be dead by dawn. <laughs> and uh close. the evil's gonna follow their souls. No, I'm just kidding. Very, That's not right. It's well, but it's close. So Simone tells everyone that the ghosts get more restless as night grows. When Freddy captures Velma levitating in the room, and she confirms that she doesn't notice any wires or magnets before falling to the ground, because Freddy's like, we've been levitated before. There's always a wire or a magnet involved. Listen, I don't man. know, man. Magnets, how do they even work? I don't know. It's a fucking mystery to me. It's probably a miracle. Whatever. Later on, uh, they are examining the tape that, and the footage that they shot when they noticed that after some enhancement, enhance. 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 <laughs> they notice the ghost of Morgan Moonscar is actually the one who is carving the words in the wall. Wait, so, Morgan Moonscar, isn't he a pirate ghost? Pirate ghost! Uh, Simone shows them a picture in a book and confirms who it actually was. Uh, Freddy is still a little skeptical here at this point, but decides, hey, why not? We'll still stay and investigate. Velma then goes back into the kitchen to check out the wall and notices something odd underneath the paint, so she scratches it off with a spatula, which, like, Velma, now it's like a ghost did this, but now you're just causing, like, property damage. It's straight up, bitch. What I mean, like, you're a guest in this house. You're defacing private property. 
You need to dial that shit down. You've essentially also, been here for like thirty minutes at the most. Right. Did you kind of get kind of get some the fog vibes off this, and you get Adrian Barbeau, dude, right, with the fucking uh, ghost pirate and shit? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Very much. So uh, after Velma gets done scratching off all the fucking paint, uh, she finds the word Maelstrom underneath. Simone and Lena obviously get upset at pra- Daphne's or Velma's fucking property destruction. Uh, but then they find out that Maelstrom was actually the name of Morgan Moonscar's ships and that the parts of the ship must have been used to build the house uh, oh so many years ago. They Rumor also, has it. They also used uh, that they buried treasure on the island. Exactly. I mean, and Freddy duh. now believes that like someone is just there to fucking scare him away from the goddamn treasure. Right. I love Freddy's mindset throughout this whole thing. He's just like, oh, it's just somebody in a suit. And I mean, up until that point, everything has been. So, oh, Freddy. Yeah, and, like, it's such a switch because, like, that's normally Velma's fucking job. Right. So, like, um, uh, I mean, i definitely get into it later, but there is a sequel to this where they kind of uh, flip-flop roles. Uh, anyway, oh. uh, meanwhile, uh, Shaggy and Scooby are now enjoying a delicious picnic lunch outdoors when Scooby just can't help himself and he starts to chase those fucking cats again. Scooby, we get it, you're a dog, but also Creole potato salad. I don't even like potato salad, but that fucking sounds good. Dude, it sounds real fucking good. So while chasing the cats, they run into Scruggs, and he sends Mojo after him. Uh, And then while running away from Mojo, Shaggy and Scooby fall into this massive-ass fucking hole or grave and accidentally uncover a skeleton while they're fucking trying to climb out. As soon as they do, this green energy appears above them, and it brings the skeleton to life and transforms it into the zombie of fucking Morgan Moonscar. That's right. They manage to escape, but the zombie is still chasing them for a while when they finally run into Bo, the gardener. Bo doesn't believe their story whatsoever, and then goes to check out the hole that they were in, along with everybody else who's heard their screaming at this point. They do not find anything else, so Velma starts to question Bo instead, and kind of is a little aggressive about it. Yeah, dude, she's on it. She's sleuthing hard. Right? Velma is acting a little uh, obnoxious, but she can kind of tell that fucking Bo is being suspicious. Uh, and at this point, like, you're really getting a lot of, like, this is a thirsty uh, Scooby-Doo episode. Because, like, Velma and Daphne are like, Bo's so hot, and Freddy's like, oh, no, Miss Lena's so good-looking. It's like, why doesn't everybody stop and calm down and let's not act like we haven't been fucking each other for the past 30 years? I mean, next thing you know, Shaggy's blowing, blowing Scooby out in the car. <laughs> Deleted soon. So Shaggy and Scooby uh, want to get the fuck off the island, but Samoa tells them that they cannot leave as it is getting dark and that the fairies don't run at night. So she offers them all rooms at her house. After Lena shows the gang around to all their rooms, Shaggy is getting ready for dinner in a fucking classic gag. Goes to open his fucking suitcase, and inside is nothing but green shirts and brown pants. They're all the same. And he's like, oh, I don't know, Scoop, should I dress up for dinner? And then fucking, like, I do a bad Shaggy, by the way. And he fucking holds it to the mirror, it's just the same fucking shirt. It might be a little cleaner, but it's just the same goddamn shirt. Okay, I got a big chuckle out of that. That made me laugh. Dude, that was a great one. That was so funny. Um, and so as he's looking at himself in the mirror, a ghost appears and warns them to get away uh, before they run out of the room and straight into uh, Freddy and Simone. 
everyone then goes back into Shaggy's room to check out the mirror, and Velma discovers that the mirror of it was actually belonged to Colonel Jackson T. Pettigrew, and that uh, it sounds like he was a Civil War soldier. Simone confirms that the island had, in fact, housed uh, Confederate barracks during the Civil War, um, but before they invite everybody down to dinner. Wait, did you catch the part where, like, Freddy's in his room and he goes to put on the classic ascot? And he's like, eh. Oh, shit, yeah, dude, that's great. He's fucking got it held up, and he's like, eh, no. Because at this point, the only people that are dressed the same is obviously Scooby, uh, Shaggy, and then Velma. Like, Daphne yeah. and Freddy are in completely different costumes than they used to wear back in the day. Same color scheme. They're just going for a more contemporary look. Right? Yeah, I, I do like that. It. Um, and also at this point, uh, uh, Velma notices that her glasses cleaning cloth is strangely missing. Come on, Velma, you got to stay on that shit. Right? So, ooh, excuse me. Simone says that during dinner, Scooby has to eat in the kitchen, uh, where he goes, but notices uh, that the kitchen is filled with rat food. And uh, then he starts to chase the cats again. I, okay, Scooby. you know what? I've seen fucking Sh- Scooby and Shaggy eat the grossest shit, but like, Cat food where he's drawn the line. Have Have you met a dog? Have you seen it? What a dog does around cat food? Oof, definitely cat shit or cat shit. So yeah. he chases the cats again, and they end up back in the fucking dining room where Simone gets super pissed, and he makes them fucking eat outside and in the back of the mystery machine instead. The cats then now start to harass Scooby, and are like climbing on the fucking van and like teasing him throughout the fucking glass and shit like that. So they decide to drive off somewhere a little bit more peaceful so they can eat. They find a nice spot near the shore of the bayou, and as the, uh, they decide to eat more peppers for dessert for some reason, they can't handle the fucking heat, and they run straight to the bayou water to drink as much as they fucking can to cool their mouths when suddenly another green energy appears, and zombies start to rise from underwater. And this is super fucking fun, because you had the one zombie... At this point, right? Like, yeah, you Morgan get the crew. But this is fucking like Confederate soldiers and Union soldiers, bunch of different pirates, um, and then other zombies as well, kind of dressed a little bit more modern, start to rise out of the ground and chase after them. And we're talking dozens of fucking zombies here. This isn't just one person in a mask at this point. No, you, you got the gang. You get like 1970s tourists and right? Yankee soldiers and racist soldiers and. Ah. So they make it to the mystery machine and try to escape, but get stuck in the mud. So they make a run for it instead, running directly into fucking Bo again, who scares them off. Now back at the house, everyone else is eating dessert when they hear Shaggy and Scooby scream, and Simone warns them, as she did before, that the hauntings are just beginning before everyone decides to go out and look for them. Out on the bayou now, they only run into Bo, who tells them where they can find Shaggy and Scooby. The gang is suspicious of Bo, so they split up. Bo and Velma go one way, while Freddy and Daphne go another. Let's Bo... split up. We can cover more ground. Right? Bo actually ends up saving Velma's life from some quicksand, where she's like, okay, cool, appreciate it, but I still don't believe a word you said. Oh, yeah. Because he picks up that giant rock, and it looks like he's about to cave her fucking, yeah, cave skull her fucking right? head in. Yeah. It's like, nope, quicksand. <sighs> so, uh, meanwhile, um, Daphne and Freddy find the mystery machine, but it's empty. While checking it for clues, this is such a great scene, 
a hand comes out of the bush and grabs Daphne on the shoulder, but she pulls oh, this fucking God. Krav Maga kung fu move and flips Dude. the motherfucker onto the ground. All right, I want to jump in here real quick. I mean, okay, go go ahead for your so for the real quick. She starts to brag uh, to Freddy, who's like, "What was that?" And he's like, "I can take care of my fucking self." Before the two of them realize exactly what it was that she just tossed around. Right, it's a guy in a suit, obviously. Right, they're like, "This is a gardener." It's the gardener in a rubber mask. Uh, when fucking Shaggy and Scooby then now stumble out, and Daphne then tries to fucking take the mask off, but can't. She's like, "It feels really real." And he's like, "No, you just gotta try harder." I so, think this is the creme de la creme. So fucking like sh- Fred gives Shaggy the camera, but he's fucking shivering too bad. He's like, "Give it to Daphne, you big pussy. Hold <laughs> yeah. it still." He's up there, and he's like, you really got to take it. He's like, no, it's the gardener. It's the ferryman. And then he says, like, something else, like, that I'd never even heard of before, like a local cop or something. And then he fucking pulls so goddamn hard. Uh, the fucking head just separates from the goddamn body. And Daphne just films it all. Just fucking decapitates this motherfucker. Like, solid. Now, granted, at this point, other than the hand through the bush, this thing has not moved. But... Now that they fucking pull the head off, they fucking play hot potato with it for a second before it lands in the zombie's lap. Then the zombie comes to life and puts his fucking head back on his shoulders. He's like, do you mind? <laughs> fucking, like, twists it on like a cap and gets it straight. Then the right. green energy shows up again. Oh, go ahead, buddy. All right, so do you think this was the, um... Because remember, uh, SMG in the movies is very, um... What's the word I want to use here? Not, not, not feminist, uh... Proactive? No, what's the word here? A bad bitch. There we go, a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, she's doing Taekwondo and fucking people up in the movie. Do you think this was, like, the predecessor towards that? I mean, very well could be. I mean, this is the late 90s at this point. She doesn't need a man to come to her rescue. And it was a great scene. I loved it because Always. it was, like, empowering and then humorous at the same time. It's like, hey, what did Empowering, that's the fucking word I wanted to use. So as the uh, green energy then starts to show up and swirl around them, more and more zombies start to raise, this time including pirates, gangsters, and even fucking tourists. You got, like, mom and dad with, like, their Hawaiian shirts and, like, can- like, like modern-day cameras around their neck, like, showcasing, like, okay, these are just, like, things from the old days. These, like, people have been dying here for, for a while. while. Okay, I real talk. I swear to God, I thought I saw a 1970s classic era pimp. So I think that's the gangster. Or is that the next scene? I think that no, I think that's in this one the gangster. You might have saw like a pimp, but like there that's, was a gangster I, in like a purple suit and like a like a okay, gangster style hat, like Dick Tracy. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. could be pimp. I don't know. I he kept fucking like baby powdering his hands and shit. I, I mean, I don't know what that's about. But okay. Somebody gonna get a fresh one. Uh, so they also at this time hear Lena scream and head back for her and Simone, realizing they left her at the house, left them at the house all alone. Fred, in his stupidity, trips and drops the camera straight into some quicksand, Ugh. Uh, and they lose all their footage as we are treated to a yet another fantastical music number and a montage this time of the gang running away from the zombies. I think uh, this. The best one. This is definitely my favorite song. What time is it? Oh, it's Terror Time. Again. Yeah, right, bitch. And this one's really fun because, like, 
you know, like they're fucking running from zombies and they run into crocodiles and then they want to go swing across like part of the bayou and they can't find a vine. So all of a sudden, like, it looks like Shaggy hands it to Scooby, but it's actually a fucking zombie who gives him the fucking vine. It's just really goofy, dude. And I well, just we, love it we so much. Kind of get a, that's a little uh, premonition of what these zombies are about. Exactly. That, right? It is. It's a little it's a little hint. So after the chasing now, Freddie and Daphne run into Bo and Velma while Shaggy and Scoopy find their way into a cave that happen to have some voodoo dolls dressed like Velma, Fred, and Daphne. When they start to play with them, the real-life counterparts come to life and start floating in the air, just like Daphne did in the kitchen, and they start moving uncontrollably, like smacking each other around, you know, like some slapstick fucking Three Stooges-style stuff. And then Chucky runs out and starts breaking the legs and arms and shit, because, you know, you never show your fucking students where you keep your voodoo dolls. Um, And uh, so they're then chased out of the cave by bats. Uh, and straight into a group of zombies. Meanwhile, Freddy and the crew are still running back to the house to look for Lena and Simone. Now, while searching the house, they find that the lights don't work and the power is out, and Freddy then stumbles upon a secret staircase in the main hall where Lena and Simone have been hiding from the zombies. Lena is there, but Simone is not. She says that some zombies dragged Simone away, but Velma, kind of looking around a little bit, senses that something is up and wrong with her story. Dude, Velma's Lena, a bad bitch. She's like, oh, what? No. She's fucking shit on it. Up. So as Lena leads them further down the passageway, they come across this old wooden door, and inside is a voodoo ritual chamber. Velma then confronts Lena about her whole story when Simone reveals herself and starts to use those same voodoo dolls to attack them. She then ties up the dolls so that all four people, including Bo, cannot move while they explain what's been happening. And then Velma realizes that they've been using pieces of their clothes tied to these wax dolls to use the voodoo magic, including Velma's missing glasses cloth. Well, I'm glad we got a full story closure on Velma's. Right? It's actually some smart fucking writing here. Simone explains that she needs to complete a ceremony before the harvest moon sets uh, after midnight, and that her and Leona then turn into these... Large cat people. Where cats? Fuck she, it. She then tells them that she must drain their life force from each of their victims during the harvest moon to preserve their immortality. We then cut to Shaggy and Scooby, who find Jacques pulling up the docks. And he says, thank God you're here for help. There's some crazy shit going on the island. And he's like, oh, you got no idea. As he turns into a massive fucking werecat. I fucking lost my shit. I know this is a kid's TV fucking you know straight to dvd movie that was scary as fuck that actually got me i was like yeah he looks good too i mean he really fucking like wear cats out he looks like if uncle red no he looks like when michael jackson turned into the wear cat but like a way more badass version than that it's a solid scene for sure this is like the movie's already been picking up at this point we're just like firing all cylinders here and Jacques now chases them back to the house Simone also begins to rant about how they lived on the island and worship a cat god before Morgan Moonscar and his fucking pirate band came ashore. The pirates then attacked everybody on the island, and this is fucking crazy. Kind of yeah, this is pretty dark. Uh, they drove the islanders into the bayou where they were fucking eaten by the crocodiles, uh, and only Lena and Simone survived. Uh, sir, actually, they're alligators. Crocodiles are not indigenous to that part of the country. Are you sure? Dead serious. All right, I'm going to believe you. I've been seeing crocodiles for a while, though, so... Sorry. 
I mean, that's why every time you're in New Orleans, they're like Gator bites, Gator this, Gator that. Uh, crocodiles have skinnier snouts, uh, while uh, alligators have broader, uh, bigger snouts. Okay, okay. I apologize. No, don't don't apologize, baby. It's all right. Okay. And we're back. You're like, so, no, I'm, I'm just kind of done. Yeah, I kind of took the wind out of my sails. I've been fucking saying crocodiles this whole time. Then you're going to fucking... The last time I'm going to actually mention this reptile species, you're going to just be like, <laughs> no, nah, motherfucker. Uh, actually, they're amphibious. Uh, no, no, they're reptiles. I'm Don't just they even call them now. crocodiles in the movie? Uh, I, mean, I, think I think you're out by a crocodile mile, homie. You're a piece of shit. I'm fucking... All right. This episode's over. Fuck this. Fuck this. So everybody's eaten by fucking alligators. Right. Uh, while Lena and Simone watch as they escape to the pirates. And so they, what they do is they fucking go to their voodoo ritual chamber, pray to their cat god who cast a curse on the pirates, which actually just turned Lena and Simone into cat monsters who then destroy the pirates. But it was only after they sought their revenge they discovered they needed to sacrifice victims during the harvest moon to keep them alive. And they've been doing so for years, lowering people to the island and all this stuff, which is why you see all these different um, like clothing styles on these zombies. That's right, from the eras. Now, do they explain this, or is this just me being me? Um, do, we explain, do, do we get why the zombies come back? Oh, okay. Cool. Moving on. So Daphne figures out that the zombies and the ghost, thanks for, you know, cutting me off, were just trying to warn them. So they kept coming back to warn innocent victims to stay away, which is why they would constantly appear, and that would always give this air of mystery and these ghost stories about the island as there's zombies and ghosts and all this shit, when it's actually them just showing up and trying to warn people and scare innocent people away so that they weren't sacrificed to the cat gods good guy zombies yep and so now at the same time while this is all going on Jacques is outside and he captures shaggy and scooby but the zombies then come to the rescue just like daphne was saying as limone and lena i'm sorry simone and lena are trying to drain the captive's life force shaggy and scooby crash in and knock the two bad guys down but they get right back up and turn now into massive ass cat monsters similar to what fucking Jacques is their final four. Right? And they chase him around. At the same time, they accidentally kick the voodoo dolls. And this, again, there's a fucking another creepy fucking scene. The voodoo dolls of all four captives too close to this fire were right. Bo, Freddy, Freddy, Daphne, and Velma begin to melt. Like, their voodoo dolls are melting, so, like, they're melting. Their faces that was start to fucking melt, dude. It's crazy. I'm like, this is a kid's cartoon? I'm seeing fucking human sacrifices and just... Alligator murders, fucker, and fucking people <laughs> melting and shit like that. It's crazy. But then they are saved at the last minute as the fucking dolls are then kicked away from the fire. Jacques then shows back up for one final time as Velma has now freed herself because she's one slick bitch and also now everyone else. She then uses parts of Lena and Simone's clothing when they fucking cat it out and they make voodoo dolls of them uh, just as they're trying to drain Shaggy and Scooby's life force. Velma I bet Daphne... you that's what Casey Kasem looks like now. <laughs> <laughs> Velma and Daphne then use the voodoo dolls to knock the two around for a while. And as they uh, eventually start to close in on our gang, the moon moves out of alignment. 
from the harvest moon, essentially, and that causes Jacques, Lena, and Simone to then basically rapidly age and turn to dust and explode, just like in The Last Crusade. Last Crusade, dude, and it's, for a kid's fucking movie, dude, this is much. Right? It's just, it's like a reverse of when Morgan Moonscar was the, he turned into the zombie from the skeleton. Like, it grew zombie flesh. Like, that was cool. So, uh, then they, uh, the zombies then now start to crumble as they are freed from the curse and everything is all as well on the island. Daphne, what's up? Peachy Keen. So Daphne and the gang now say they can't believe what they had just seen and what has just taken place and happened. Uh, and no believe them. Without their fucking videotape, yeah, no one's going to believe them. Uh, and that's when Bo reveals himself that he's actually Detective Bo Neville, and he's been working undercover as their gardener to investigate all the island disappearances. Uh, later on, everyone is enjoying the sunrise as they prepare to leave the island when they say goodbye to Bo and interrupt Snakebite Scrubs one last time while he's trying to catch Big Mona uh, before taking off. And then Scooby suddenly notices that they are surrounded by hundreds of cats on the boat with all glowing eyes. And then the screen fades to black. The end. Hey, did you notice how none of the cats had buttholes? <laughs> like most cats. No, I fucking I'm, put him in your face. I was, yeah, I was gonna say, have you seen Boots? He's like mostly black. I mean, you're seeing that fucking shining pink donut hole coming at you. Yeah, when I have the lights off and he like runs up or down the stairs, it's just like the like underside of a balloon running away from me. A balloon not escaping. I'm like, where's that going? Where the fuck is that going? Oh, did you catch the after credit shit? Oh uh, no, there was some after credit stuff. I did miss that. Yeah. Um. No, this is real simple, and it's not some stupid gag. It's Jay, or, uh, Scooby's hanging out, and then like a cat comes up, and he pours it like a fucking bowl of milk, and like, Ruby-dooby-doo, because we didn't get one of those this. Didn't get a no, Scooby-dooby-doo. We didn't, did we not? Uh, I mean, that's that's the end credits, though. So, uh, you want to see a dead body? Sure. All right, so there's... Either, depending two... on which way you want to take it, there's either too many to count because of the zombies, or it's just the three... Which is uh, Lena, Simone, and Jacques. It's hard to say um, that there's a favorite kill. You know what? You're the birthday boy, so it's up to you. I just, I mean, it's those are the three that only really died. The zombies were already dead. Yeah. So that really counts. It's like not counting all the deadites in 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 Army of Darkness. It doesn't exactly. Really it's so, a great. I would area. say favorite kill either none or those three. All three. Yeah. So, you ready for some stuff you should know? Shoot me. Or, yeah, shoot me. <laughs> shoot and right. also get at me. So, this film marks the first time that someone besides Casey Kasem voices Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo franchise. The reason yeah. being, uh, Casey Kasem refused to provide the voice of Shaggy if he would not be a vegetarian on screen like he himself had just became. Uh, Shaggy eats crawfish in the movie, plus, obviously, deli meats and things like that. So, instead, Shaggy is voiced by Billy West. Which I want to say, I think this is the only time... Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the only time that Billy West does the voice. Okay, and, like, man, I I, just, I hate to say it, because I love Billy West so goddamn much. He's not a bad Shaggy, but... There have I'm... been better. 
yeah, at that point, I think it's just been Casey Kasem or Casey Kasem the entire career. He has, and um, that's the that's the stick that you measure it by, right? Like that's the line you want to draw. And so, is he a good Casey Kasem impersonator, or is he a bad Casey Kasem impersonator? And Billy West was a fine Shaggy, but there have been many better versions since this I, one. I think Matt Lillard. Uh, I mean, like Casey Kasem, do or die. Then I go Matt Lillard. And then what they're talking, MacGruber is going to be Shaggy in the new movie, and I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, I'm not sure either. You know, I'll 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 gauge that movie after I see it. But uh... um, so next up, uh, Glenn Leopold, <laughs> who was the screenwriter for this film, wrote Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo episodes uh, before this, like The Night of the Ghoul of Wonderland, Twenty Thousand Screams Under the Sea, and The Ransom of Scooby Chief. Uh, and this was actually based on Glenn Leopold's unfinished episode for Squat Cats, The Radical Squadron. Uh, oh my god, I the, love that show. The Curse of uh, Cataluna. Cat so, man. yeah, you got that. And then Holy shit. This, uh, this movie had a pretty rockin' soundtrack, as we've discussed several times, uh, with many of the film's songs being performed by well-known mainstream rock bands at the time, such as Third Eye Blind, performing the Scooby-Doo title song. Yeah, it had like a weird kind of, uh, not techno, but remix vibe to it. It was nice. And then you had Sky Cycle, who performed uh, Terror Time again, and The Ghost Is Here. Now, outside of uh, this movie, can you name me a Sky Cycle song? Uh, I cannot. Don't worry, I can't either. So, um, uh, final thoughts, final cuts. Nachos, you take the lead, sir. What did you like, what didn't you like, and what's your rating? Okay, so by standards, uh, how I rate things. There was a surprising amount of nudity for being a kid. No, I'm kidding. Uh, You know, there's no nudity. There's hardly any gore. It's Scooby fucking do get, get get over it, you know. This is this is oh man, like I'm fucking OG Scooby Doo. I love Scooby Doo, and for once they kind of took it down a different avenue. And actually, I mean, yeah, we have Scooby Doo and the Thirteen Ghosts and Reluctant Werewolf and shit, where they do encounter things with real monsters. But it's not; it doesn't have that same canonical feeling of the old shows kind of thing. This is a fucking ten, hands down. I mean, it, I mean, it's it's a uh, ten boxes of Scooby snacks out of ten. There you go. There you go. No, right? I, I feel the exact same way. So, I mean, this is what I feel like the first time Mystery Inc. has come across actual ghouls, ghosts, and real spiritual, uh, you know, supernatural things. Because, like you said, uh, Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, that's missing two key members of Mystery Inc. Plus the van um, and a. Good- that's what it's missing. I hate to say that about anything Vincent Price is, Price is part of. But... He's the best part about it. Not that like Casey Case or anybody's bad, but it's just it's not great writing. They had thirteen episodes. Basically, Scooby opens per you Pandora's almost said that like Scooby Doo, motherfucker. It's not great writing. Fuck me. <laughs> um, but uh, this was like I said. The first time outside of those are like the Reluctant Werewolf and Ghoul School, which again I don't count. Those are Hanna Barbera movies, especially Reluctant Werewolf, where they introduce like other Hanna Barbera characters into it. Um, so not a super fan of that. But as far as normal Scooby Doo goes, this thing I feel like is fucking untouchable. First true story that actually involves dead people. It's got a solid scary story if you think about it, especially with the island settlers being fed to the alligators. 
Yeah, that was dark, buddy. That was dark. <sighs> you know, as well as like all the other shit that's going on, like the melting faces and stuff like that. Like that was fucking crazy. Um, the new characters are very fun. Uh, Bo is about the only one who's kind of throwaway. He's just there. Uh, the climax. Uh, how, how about Gator Gator Time Gary or whatever the fuck his name was? Uh, he's fun because he's just that he's just that extra filler, right? He adds a little ambiance to the whole story. Like, he, does he necessarily need to be there? No, Bo needs to be there, but uh, Bo is very just one direction. He was just you know what the whole thing. It was kind of an edgy Scooby Doo edgy scooby-doo at that point like we hadn't had scooby-doo fucking cranked up to that level i'm not saying it's a 10 you know on the uh, odometer but it definitely cranks it up a notch no it does uh i can't recommend this movie enough like it's crazy because we invited several of our friends past guests you know just friends in our lives to do this movie um with us and a lot of people there was only one person who was like halfway interested. Everybody else was like, "Oh yeah, maybe," because it wasn't what they would consider a true horror movie. And of course, it's a it's a cartoon. But man, like this thing is just fucking. It's just bulletproof, man. I, ten out of ten Scooby Snacks, dude. Ten out of fucking ten. I don't think I've given anything a ten out of ten yet on this show. I fucking love this movie, man. I think we both gave Blade ten out of ten. I'm pretty sure we might have, but I have to go. Also, back. 1998 too. You know, right. So, yeah, um, and uh, that's what I got. Um, so, Nachos, I think you got one more thing for us before we wrap it up today. Uh, well, do you want to take a smoke break before this? This might be a minute. That's up to you, though. Uh, no, let's just go ahead and power through it. All right, so in our trying times, <clears throat> we're just trying to figure out this quarantine thing. Right. And, uh, well, I want to rattle off some horror movie characters. And you, you let me. I want you to tell me what you think if these guys are, are keeping up the snuff. And if they're not, you know, if they are or they aren't, I, I want to know why. All right. Did I do a good job explaining that? Does that make yes. sense? So you got got right. 13 horror movie characters, and I'm going to tell you whether they are or are not following the quarantine and why. All right. Do you think Jason Boris is keeping quarantine? Yes, I do. Uh, number one, he's the easiest one, I would say. I don't know the rest of the list, but I would say that he's got to be the easiest one on here. He's a clearly keeping quarantine. He doesn't break ground. The only time he did, obviously, was Freddy vs. Jason, uh, and that was with some manipulation. So uh, this guy's always a homebody. So he's just... I can think of a couple other scenarios where he might have visited a location or whatnot. Yeah, well, yeah, sure, Vancouver, and then, of course, space. <laughs> uh, but space wasn't really his fault. I think... Van- Vancouver is probably the only one where he went out on his own. Yeah. So, but I still think that this guy, you know, standard Jason, guarding Crystal Lake, that's what he does. Nope, he's in quarantine. All right. How about Frederick Krueger? Um, other than, um... See, I could go either way. Aaron brought a good point to that. Uh, he doesn't necessarily break quarantine, but he does invade people's dreams. But he doesn't come out into the real world, right? There's no diseases in other people's dreams. It's yeah, but he gets in your head, though. Energy. He does, but you're, in your brain, there is no COVID-19. It's all physical and in your lungs and stuff. So uh, other, unless he's, uh, you know, taken over Jesse's body in part two, I again say that he is simply just for the rules of his own lore couldn't possibly be breaking quarantine all right so we got a yep and we got a nope all right how about ashley j williams yes 100 uh ash does his own thing he plays by no man's rules 
And uh, whatever comes at him, he's just going to go ahead and beat it with some fist, a chainsaw, or a shotgun. Next. All right. How about Herbert West? Herbert West is a doctor, and of course he is following uh, Fucci's uh, recommendations to stay quarantined. Plus, he's working in his lab, uninterrupted, unimpeded. Late one night, yeah. Uh, so he's not he's not escaping. Actually, uh, other than being drawn out of his lab uh, by for nefarious reasons, he he distinctly sticks to himself. So, uh, yeah, he's fine. I mean, he didn't even leave the house to bury the cat, so. <laughs> he's probably ordering uh, fucking body parts off of Amazon. He's like, no, no, leave the box on the step. I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> All right. So. How about how about our old pal Jerry Dandridge? Oh, Jerry? Jerry. Well, with Jerry being a vampire who doesn't need to breathe, uh, yes. Not only is he breaking quarantine, but he's luring young women outside of their homes as well and causing them to break quarantine. Uh, again, don't know the rest of the list, but I probably have to say right now, he's probably the worst of the worst on here uh, for making others break quarantine. I mean, yeah, he, he is definitely getting up in that six foot. Yep, right? What you got? Next. Uncle Red. From fucking Silver Bullet. Oh, yeah. Uncle Red's another uh, Bruce Campbell type, right? Playing by his own rules. What he's not doing, though, is he's not going around um, uh, Corey Haim, right? You know, he's got his cousin or his nephew who's got underlying health issues. So he's definitely breaking quarantine and hanging out with horrors and drunk bitches and things like that, drinking. Um, but he's not going near his family. So he is he is breaking quarantine, but he's not putting his loved ones at risk. Directly. All right, so that's a tie. No, he's yes, he's breaking quarantine. All right. Okay. How about Big Feet from Night of the Demon, the fucking wiener yanking maniac? <laughs> well, yeah. So he's one. He's got to get close to yank those wieners, and two, uh, he's not smart is... enough to read, write, or understand or arithmetic. Right, most uh, words in the English language. So yeah, absolutely breaking quarantine. Yeah, when and he's making those chicks stab each other with a fucking knife. Yeah, that. there we go. All right, so he is breaking quarantine. Quit stabbing yourself. Quit stabbing yourself. How about Mick Garris? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Mick Garris is holding up. Mick Garris is at home right now filling out applications and writing pilots for things because he needs to keep working. He is staying I think, I think he's just sending emails to Stephen King like, hey, um, you got an adaptation I could fuck up? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We like Mick Harris on this show. Oh, my God, dude. His hair. My God. All right. Do you think Jill Valentine is breaking quarantine? Um, if she can help it. I would say that, uh, no, she's not. She uh, would be at home further investigating uh, Umbrella or Tricell or Neo Umbrella. Um whatever they're calling themselves these days, uh, and looking into that, uh, which she can do a lot remotely, right? There's a lot of electronic evidence and things like that. She was going over that stuff. Yeah, 1998. Uh, I believe she had been around Uh, So she's been around for a while. So, yeah, she's definitely definitely staying home, following the guidelines. All right. um, Unless she's called to active duty, then she's got to get out there. Angela from Sleepaway Camp. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, say no, she's not, uh, staying inside on this one. One, Angela is obviously 
uh, a very woodsy person, and she's constantly finding her way back to camp. Bowling Green, or, or, or not Bowling Green, um, what's it called in the second one? Camp Arawak, what's it called in the second one? Rolling Meadows. Rolling Meadows. And then the third one, it's like the neighboring camp, what's that one? Uh, New Horizon. Yes, right? So she's she's going places to avoid detection by police and also killing people, so she's getting up close and personal. She's leaving her designated area, which we could say where she would live, which would be you know these different camps. So she's definitely breaking quarantine, absolutely. But I feel it's one of those scenarios. I mean, yeah, she wants to be around people, but she all, uh, that, that's up to you. So you said no go on that. Yeah. How about Cropsy? Cropsy, uh, so very much like, no, no, I would say very much like Jason, but it's not. Because Cropsy, in his one and only movie, uh, ventured outside of the camp to chase down Jason Alexander and uh, the bad guy from Hackers. Hack the planet. Uh, as well as fucking uh, Dozer. Or Glazer. Glazer. <laughs> Pretty girl. He could have been I'm... a Dozer. That sounds about right. Fucking Glazer, though. So, yeah. No, Cropsy, he's not sticking to the rules. All right. So, that's a big negatory for Cropsy. How about Michael Myers? Yeah. He's definitely staying home. That's all he wants to do is stay home. All no, right. Fuck no. He is walking around Haddonfield, uh, just fucking up bitches. No, he's uh, he's he's definitely breaking quarantine. All right, so that's a big X on that. And for the creme de la creme, like the thirteen here. Who's the last guy? Who should that be? How about Leatherface? Leatherface, yes. Leatherface yeah. is uh, staying home. That's usually where his base of operations are. His SOP is to basically hang out at the house while you know other what? people lure them to the house for him to kill. I think because Texas is a big place. Honestly, by by the time this shit uh, blows over, knock on wood. Uh, and, and, yeah. and the Sawyer family seems to own a large piece of property. So it's not that he's necessarily not leaving his home. He's not leaving his property. Um if he can get out, get a little sun, get a little chase in, and still never fucking leave the confines yeah, of the chase the pigs around. Right. right, yeah, he's good. Okay, so I got Jason, yes. Freddy, no. Ash, yes. Herbert West, yes. Jerry Dandridge, no. Uncle Red, no. Bigfoot, no. McGarris, yes. Jill Valentine, yes. Angela, no. Cropsy, no. Mike Myers, no. Leatherface, yes. Yep. I think Another that's 13. Out. Yeah. You got anything else for us, buddy? Um, no, that's, that's all I got. All righty. Well, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. As always, uh, you know where to find us if you're already listening. But if not, tell your friends. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Google Play Music, uh, Podbean. God, I, I feel so shitty cutting you. Yeah, I cutting into your shit. Should we talk about Resident Evil 3 or we save that for something else? That's, nah, another time. Okay, all right. Um, so um, that's it. You can always find us on Instagram at Here Comes the Spooky, at Twitter and Facebook at Here Comes Spooky. Uh, you can also email us at Here Comes the Spooky at gmail.com. Uh, Allie, if you're listening, and I know that you do, email us. Let us know what you would like to hear. I know that you're listening, so let us know. We're in your head. Are we doing the big outro now? Yeah, you ready? Uh, no, I, I have an improvement. Stay inside and let's... Okay. Stay. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> take two. 
stay inside, inside and, and let's stay spooky. spooky. That was nailed it. All right. Peace. All right, dude.